0: So when I look across the landscape of our government customers, I see that, that they have many disparate systems, many disparate data sources, even some legacy systems, numerous systems of record. So those are some of the challenges is that our government customers, they have data associated with billers and invoices that they expect to receive payment on, but they're oftentimes spread across a lot of different places.
1: From Tyler Technologies, it's the Tyler Tech Podcast, your source for insightful conversations with thought leaders addressing the pressing issues in our communities. I'm Josh Henderson, and I'm on the corporate marketing team here at Tyler. Thanks for joining us. In each episode, we dive into the essential topics shaping our society and shed light on the individuals, places, and technologies empowering the public sector. If you like what you hear, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and recommending the show to others. On today's episode, we're revisiting past conversations with Sloan Wright. Sloan is the Senior Vice President of Payments here at Tyler Technologies and has over two decades of experience delivering payment solutions helping to serve and shape all levels of government. Sloan will cover the ways in which government payment solutions have evolved over time and how that evolution has helped to enhance the resident experience. When it comes to payments and resident expectations, it's important for government agencies to consider technology that emphasizes accessibility, security and compliance, real-time processing, scalability with the cloud, and cost efficiency, among other factors. We'll cover all of that and more in today's episode. We hope you enjoy. First up, Sloane is going to walk us through the definition of payments and how a resident might interact with various government payment channels.
0: Payments is a is a pretty broad term, but in its simplest form, we're describing the ability for a resident or a citizen or a business or really any person or entity to complete a government transaction whether whether they're in person, online, over the phone, or from previous instructions such as like a scheduled payment or an auto pay mechanism. Then once they select their modality or, or, or the method in which they wanna pay, then this payment is recorded in a financial system of record, which starts a long living life cycle of this specific transaction, which is important as a, as a payment transaction is not immutable and it may experience updates or changes. Uh, based on activities such as chargebacks or or refunds, for example. I think that sometimes when solutioning for the ability to take payments, it's oftentimes easy to think of how the majority of people will conduct a payment, which is with a credit card or a debit card or, or maybe a check, whether it's processed in person or digitally. However, not all citizens or residents will have access to these highly accepted payment methods. As a matter of fact, many people in the U.S. may have difficulties in establishing a traditional bank account or opening a credit card, for instance. And as a matter of fact, there was a study a few years ago that was conducted by the FDIC that indicated there are more than 30 million U.S. households that are either unbanked or underbanked, meaning that they have no FDIC insured account, or that they may also obtain financial services from non-bank alternative providers, like a PayPal or a Venmo, uh, for example. And, and this is a figure that, that really took me by surprise and a barrier for many people, as you can imagine, for, for a variety of reasons to be able to remit funds to their government. You know, when transacting with government, there's usually only one authority to complete your transaction with. And so it's likely that these individuals have traditionally had to maybe adjust their schedules or miss work or find transportation or some other challenge to find their way to a brick and mortar location to conduct their business. And in some cases, the individual may have to buy, literally pay for a prepaid debit card so that they can conduct their transaction online, or they may have to buy a money order or some other instrument as they do not have a bank account like we talked about, right? I I think this is an area that we can do better in to make sure we're finding ways to meet our citizens and, and our residents where they are and still find ways to provide them with conveniences and channels that may be more accessible to them.
1: With so many different factors at play and understanding the importance of closing the payments gap for unbanked and underbanked communities, Sloan believes governments need to be committed to innovative purpose-built capabilities for their residents. But of course, there are specific challenges that go along with that.
0: I think, you know, the payment space is continuously evolving right now, and in my opinion, we're seeing some of the most movement um, with the ways that customers are wanting to make payments. And and to expand on that a little bit, cash is very much alive and well. And this probably resonates with many of our listeners who may have oversight of branch offices that serve the public. I, I think this is probably an area that that does cause our government offices to still have you know legacy cash practices where they've got so many stations set up with team members who have cash drawers and they can take these customers in and those types of things and but this is one area where our government partners they do have the ability to outsource some of the cash that typically would be flowing in to their offices but what if there was a way to leverage a larger network to take that cash in, and the government still gets receipt of those funds, just like they would if it was a credit card or, or any other method. I think it goes without saying, but but you know, just through this discussion too, managing cash comes with its own set of challenges. You know, as I was kind of thinking through this, and and our focus on the government segment, four kind of main themes came to mind, and. The first one of those is really around the technology. So when I look across the landscape of our government customers, I see that that they have many disparate systems, many disparate data sources, even some legacy systems, numerous systems of record. So those are some of the challenges is that our government customers, they have data associated with billers and invoices that they expect to receive payment on, but they're oftentimes spread across a lot of different places. I also feel like some of the challenges are, it's not just online, right? Yes, you can take payment online potentially, but you also have in-person payment acceptance challenges. And then I would even throw in IVR, uh so you know that's that's the solution where where you can essentially dial in um via, via phone line and and you work with an automated solution to make your payment. As well as many of our government customers still support things like mail order uh type scenarios where, where you may mail in your bill, you know, when when it becomes due. So so those provide um some technology challenges, even though it's mail, right? And then the last thing I'm thinking about in technology as a challenge is is the emerging payments space. So um, emerging payment methods and the constant flux with technology. So, you know, if you want to offer Apple Pay, there is work that has to be done to be able to present Apple Pay to your customers. Or if you want to um, offer PayPal, there's work that has to be done there. Um, so, so those feel like challenges in the tech space. The, the next area that really strikes me um, is presenting challenges is reconciliation. Taking in the money is really only part of the battle. You, you also need the ability to track the entire life cycle of a transaction. And, and that often means that it is a living order until several months after that initial interaction with that customer. And and just to kind of level set with everybody, this is because there is the ability for a user to issue a chargeback. So maybe they don't remember that they made this charge. Maybe somebody else in their household made the charge and and the person receiving the you know the, the credit card statement doesn't recognize that. But the networks, the card networks provide the ability for this chargeback process. And so, and so you have to allot for that as well as maybe more typical scenarios would be refunds. You know, if a refund needs to be issued, that's still a living order. And the same thing uh, with returns. So reconciliation really felt like a challenge in the government space for me when it comes to payments. And, and then the last kind of big bucket theme that that struck me is, is you know, needing some space on our podcast here um, as a challenge is around PCI. So, so this is the payment card industry compliance standards that are, are set and put out by all of the card networks. And PCI is everyone's concern. And, and sometimes that, that can be very scary, you know, especially for a government customer who, you know, who may not be um, staffed to take on this big compliance and security burden.
1: Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Tyler Tech Podcast. I hope you're enjoying listening to this episode of the Tyler Tech Podcast. Hey, podcast listeners. My name is Jade Champion, and I'm here with Brianna Case to tell you about Tyler's annual user conference, Tyler Connect. Brianna, tell our listeners why they shouldn't miss Connect 2024. Well, Jade, connect us back in the beautiful city of Indianapolis, Indiana, and we have so much planned. From product training and networking opportunities to influential speakers, this year's conference has it all. I hear there's an awesome keynote speaker as well. What can you tell us about that? Yes, we're excited to announce Lisa Bedell as this year's keynote speaker. Lisa is a bestselling author and the CEO of Future Think, and she's all about eliminating complexity and boosting productivity and innovation in the workplace. Get ready to feel inspired, fuel your curiosity, unleash your creativity, and most importantly, do meaningful work. Be sure to mark your calendars for Tyler Connect 2024 from May 19th to May 22nd, and you can still take advantage of early bird pricing right now, which saves you $250 if you register before March 22nd at tylertech.com connect, or by clicking the link in our show notes. We hope to see you in Indy as we continue transforming for tomorrow. Now let's get back to the Tyler Tech Podcast. Expanding on that idea of security and compliance, Sloan dives into what risks are at play in the government payment space and how modern solutions work to protect residents from becoming victims of fraud.
0: As many of our listeners likely know, Government is not really considered a high-risk payments acceptance environment. That said, we do see our share of pockets of bad actor activity. This is why legacy technologies like address verification and card verification values—you know, the little CBV code—this um, is why those are so critical. I, I call these legacy because. The, these are really table stake values that help us combat fraud rather than cause friction to the user. What if we were able to leverage the power of machine learning to help us model normal behavior and anomalies, as well as be able to make predictions about transactions that might need a second look by a member of the government agency's team prior to fulfilling an order or, or, <laughs> or perhaps even better, layer in some artificial intelligence that asks the user to further prove who they are before we allow the transaction to be complete. Coupled with the power of the cloud, we, we have solidified a design partner from one of our largest state government partners to help us understand exactly how they are currently identifying and mitigating fraud in their state by leveraging their workforce team members. We hope to learn from this design partnership and implement you know, the foundational solutions to provide these capabilities to any of our clients and our listeners here who are seeing increased bad actor activity.
1: And that's it for today's episode. Many thanks to Sloan Wright for all the helpful insights. Electronic cloud-based payment adoption makes it easier for public sector agencies to accept online and over-the-counter payments for bills, fees, tickets, fines, and much more. For more recommendations on how to streamline payments and improve the user experience, check out the links in our show notes for some helpful resources. Tyler Technologies creates solutions made for the public sector and has experts with government experience ready to support you on your journey. I hope you're excited about what the future holds and will reach out to us at podcast at tylertech.com to connect with a subject matter expert if you'd like to learn more. And whether it's payment channels and state systems or modernizing your digital infrastructure or something else entirely, we want to hear from you about what you'd enjoy hearing more of and how we can make the Tyler Tech Podcast even better. Fill out our audience survey in the show notes today to let us know how you heard about the show and your ideas for future episodes. And don't forget to leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. For Tyler Technologies, I'm Josh Henderson. Thanks for joining the Tyler Tech Podcast.